Go ahead. <laughs> so there's been a, a viral TikTok question, and I and I want your answer. I need your answer. This is one of life's greatest mysteries, okay? Hit me with it. What do you think there's more of in the world, okay, in the entire world? Doors or wheels? Off off the top of my head, I'm saying I'm saying wheels. Okay. okay. Well, all right. So, I'm thinking cars, buses, right? 18-wheelers. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a vehicle, you know, like you're thinking about a car, right? It evens out. Most cars probably got four wheels, you know, four doors. Four doors. All right. So, yeah. so that's, that's breaking even, but then you add all the other vehicles and, you know, buses have a bunch of wheels, right? And what one door max, you know, think about, you know, all the bicycles in the world, mm-hmm. zero doors, a lot of two bikes wheels. out there. Same, same goes for motorcycles. And then you think about, you know, the wheels that you're not even thinking about, like, shopping carts little carts you know that your teacher would bring into school right that has the projector on it that's four wheels okay oh yeah you know all, all sorts of the shit chair has that we're sitting on wheels there's like eight i got so many wheels on this chair i mean i'm looking around my apartment i see one door this little bar cart i has has four wheels this chair has four wheels like there's wheels everywhere <laughs> i mean can you can you make the case for doors what's the, what's the case for doors yeah i think the case for doors would be like in an average house, you probably do have more doors than wheels. No, um, yeah. I have. I think I have about like ten doors in this house. Maybe a little bit more. You know, closet doors, bedroom doors, bathroom mm. doors, sliding glass doors. Okay. Okay. And I and I'm just in a little apartment, and I got about like ten to twelve doors. So think about you know full on houses, garage doors. Okay. Okay. You got skyscrapers, 70 plus floors worth of doors, probably thousands. Right. You know, every building, you know, is going to have doors, but most buildings probably won't have wheels. Any establishment that you walk into. Man, I'm think um, I'm starting to think about like a hotel. Hotel. Yep. There's no wheels in a hotel besides shitload of doors. The, the chairs in the in the hotel rooms cuz every hotel room comes with a desk and a chair. Okay, now I'm going back to wheels because that's four wheels for every door in a hotel room. <laughs> that is facts. That is absolute facts. I agree that there is more wheels in the world. You know, the wheel was like the first thing invented, right? Yeah. There were probably so many wheels made before the first door was ever made. Yeah, facts. So wheel is obviously the right answer. Anybody that says different, they need to be uh, checked into a mental hospital because there's definitely more wheels in this world than doors. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 201 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined, as I always am, by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we are going to be taking a look at the top available free agents at the running back position. You can check out our previous episode if you're interested in our takes on the quarterback position. We have another episode coming out this week addressing pass catchers, the wide receivers, and tight ends that will be hitting free agency next week on March 16th as it opens in the NFL. If you'd like to support the show in any way, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, our YouTube channel, any podcast platform on the internet. And if you want to connect with us in a more personal way, you can join the Discord channel. The link to do that 
is in the show notes to the podcast. If you guys caught our thoughts on yesterday's edition of the podcast, it was a pretty uninspiring quarterback class to say the least, but there are some interesting running backs, a much more interesting class of players, I think, at the running back position that are going to be hitting the open market. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of running back movement in free agency, I believe, and there's a good amount of talented running backs that are available, and I think that can produce at an above average level in the NFL. So a lot of players that we're going to have to talk about here and you know, a lot of potential fantasy impact, you know, on the horizon as these next couple of weeks go on. So let's talk about, I think the biggest name out there, maybe, you know, at least one of the biggest names is Melvin Gordon, you know, Mm -hmm. currently with the Denver Broncos, my, my lean with Gordon is that he re-signs with the team. I think that the vast majority of the players on this list will shift teams. Melvin Gordon, I don't think is one of them as much as we want to wish cast it, you know, as much as we want Javante Williams to be fully unleashed. I don't see it happening in 2022. I mean, you know, probably eventually, but I think they're likely to just re-sign Melvin. Yeah, I think that is the most likely outcome. I do think that what you said with wish casting is pretty much what everybody's doing right now because everybody in the fantasy industry wants Javante Williams to be a workhorse running back, right? They want him to get the full load because he is an extremely talented running back. We saw that in 2021, but I think out of all the running backs, Melvin Gordon is like the most likely to return to his previous team. By all accounts, he wants to play in Denver, and he's pretty aware that people want him out for fantasy purposes. That could definitely play a role into his decision to stay with Denver, and I think the Broncos want him back as well. You know, he was productive. He was as productive as Javante Williams. I think that's what we're going to see is him come back and We're going to have to wait another year for the Javante Williams breakout. Yeah, man. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I would not be touching Javante Williams at his current price. You know, he's going with a top end second round pick in the drafts that are going on right now. And that's just, you know, that's like fully baking in Yeah, (laughs) one of the worst picks uh, that you could possibly make right now. How about the Bucks guys? You know, we've got both Leonard Fournette, Lombardi Lenny and Ronald Jones scheduled to hit the open market. You know, do you think that both of these guys leave? Do you think that one of them stays, one of them goes? You know, how do you see this current iteration of the Bucks backfield playing out over the next couple of weeks? I think we will definitely see one of them leave. 100% guaranteed. Now, I can't tell you right now which one it is. If I had to guess, I think Ronald Jones is more likely to leave than Leonard Fournette, you know, for multiple reasons. I think the Bucks would be more willing to re-sign Uncle Lenny than Rojo. I think that Ronald Jones wants a chance to go out and start somewhere. I think he wants a fresh start. I think he wants to get away from Bruce Arians. So I think Ronald Jones is definitely gone. Now, in terms of team fit and where he potentially might go, I'm not too sure because there are a lot of good running backs in the NFL. So maybe he goes to a team to be a backup. You know, maybe he stays south and and goes to the Jags. James Robinson tore his Achilles. That'd be a good one to punch with Ronald Jones and Travis Etienne for next season. 
you know, that could definitely be a possibility. But I think Ronald Jones is, is definitely more likely to leave. But I think there's also a good chance that Uncle Lenny leaves as well. Yeah, I, c- I could see Fournette wanting to stay in Tampa Bay, but another team maybe offering him more money. You know, out of all mm-hmm. these guys, I think Fournette has the best chance to maybe get an exorbitant contract just because he's got the name, he's got the draft pedigree, he's got the success, you know, throughout college. And then he's been able to do it in multiple facets in the NFL. You know, there were some years where he was less inspiring than others, but, you know, he's had a really good couple of years here in Tampa Bay. He had at least one really good season in Jacksonville. You know, I, I could definitely see him being, you know, picked up by another team that's willing to pay him a little bit more. I mean, if he stays in Tampa, I think that's a good situation too, especially, mm-hmm. you know, for fantasy with how willing they've been to use him as a pass catcher and, you know, to mm-hmm. give him the full workload. So to me, you know, if Tampa keeps one of these guys, it's it's clearly Lenny F. You know, you mentioned how Rojo probably wants to get away from Bruce Arians. I think Bruce Arians wants Rojo gone just as bad. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I do think that the Bucks are a good fit for Lenny, especially for fantasy purposes. You know, he could also stay south and maybe go to Miami. You know, hmm. they have a need at running back with Gaskin and Ahmed and, you know, Duke Johnson. They're not going to cut it, in my opinion, especially with the 49ers offensive coordinator being the head coach now. And I think he's probably going to want to implement a similar offense in Miami as they did in San Francisco. And that would be a run first offense. And I think Leonard Fournette would be a good fit for a guy that we know can, you know, pound the rock. He can tote it 18 plus times and he could play in the receiving game. We saw that last year. Leonard Fournette, Bucks, Miami, I, I think would be his two best possible situations for fantasy relevance in 2022. Yeah, no, I could definitely see that. We have another team with a dynamic duo of running backs that are, are both set to hit free agency, and that is the Arizona Cardinals. James Conner is a free agent. Chase Edmonds is a free agent. You know, Connor's obviously coming off of a really good season. He scored 18 touchdowns, you know, really developed into a full workhorse down the stretch when Chase Edmonds got hurt. And, you know, Edmonds is a guy who we've loved the talent in the past. And, you know, the the workload has always been the concern for him. Is he going to get the opportunity somewhere to get a full-fledged, you know, starting role? Or is he going to sort of have this sort of, you know, mixed pass catching, change of pace back role that he's had in Arizona no matter where he goes? Yeah, I think Chase in terms of like his NFL career is going to be a change of pace back no matter where he goes. And I do think that the Cardinals are more likely to keep James Conner than Chase Edmonds. I think it's pretty much a lock that Chase Edmonds is gone Mm -hmm. um, in 2022. Now, in terms of potential landing spots, honestly, I would like to see him go to the Chiefs and be that upgrade in terms of the backfield. Darrell Williams is a free agent. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire obviously has been disappointing in his two years in the NFL. Jarek McKinnon is old, and I think he would be a better version of Jarek McKinnon in that offense. So that would be a pretty good fit, in my opinion, and for, you know, the highest fantasy upside possible would be Chase Edmonds to the Chiefs. I think any team will take a flyer on a player like Chase Edmonds, a a guy that you can get the ball to in the passing game. You can get him in space, and he is going to make plays. I mean, we've seen it throughout his career. And I think James Conner is going to be the workhorse in Arizona. And we saw the upside that he has uh, in that role just this past season. I'd be really excited for James Conner fantasy outlook if he were to stay in Arizona. I mean, they seem to be pretty set on, you know, keeping one of these guys. I I think it's probably Conner and then, you know, giving Eno Benjamin another shot. And if if Benjamin's the only, you know, competition for James Conner, I mean, wheels up. Uh, He Mm -hmm. he should dominate that workload for Arizona if, if that were to happen. I think that's the most likeliest outcome is 
Connor being the workhorse and they're moving they're moving on from Edmonds I think no matter what yeah no I, I would agree with that one of the more interesting cases here is Cordero Patterson who you know he's played damn near every position out there you know he's been a wide receiver he's been a running back there was a brief stint where he was listed as the third string safety I think for the Falcons at one point last year you know, he, he broke out. He was a key to me winning $10,000 on drafters, you know, shout out to me. And he had a really strong year. You know, he, he had a league leading 2.23 yards per route run. And I think if he finds himself in the right situation where somebody sort of leans into his ability to be a pass catcher and also feeds him the rock the way that we saw at, at you know, points this year, Cordero Patterson could definitely be an upgrade to an offense. The question is, you know, is he going to find a scheme that knows how to utilize him correctly? Because that's been a struggle for him throughout his NFL career. Yeah, I'm not sure there is a scheme out there. You know, we did talk about it in a podcast a while ago. Like Debo Samuel is just like an outlier, I think. And I don't I don't really know if teams are, are going to start trending towards doing that. You know, there there's still a lot of traditional NFL teams out there that, that play everything by the book. So I, I don't really see a potential scheme fit. I, I think if I had to predict a team he's going to be on, I think I would peg him back to the Falcons for Mm. 2022 at least they've shown a willingness to use him so I mean that would be a decent spot for him I think he would you know be useful in fantasy I I would like to see him go to Miami you know where where Mike McDaniel is and you know maybe McDaniel is looking for somebody to sort of be that Debo Samuel to his offense now is Cordero Patterson even in the same ballpark of player uh, as Debo Samuel absolutely not but you know in uh, the right scheme, he could have mm-hmm. fantasy value where he is being utilized both as a receiver and a rusher. And that's really interesting. That's really unique and, and something that, you know, Mike McDaniel has, you know, had a tendency to use in his offense. So I'd be interested to see that as a potential fit. And like you mentioned, Miami definitely needs an upgrade yeah. at the running back position. Yeah, Miami is 100% going to be in the market for a running back. And I think there are some other teams that will be in the market as well, potentially the Buffalo Bills, which I think could be a good fit for Patterson. So those are two teams that I would keep an eye out for in terms of the running for CPAT. Obviously, I think he's going to be a lower priority in terms of running backs and free agency because I do think like Uncle Lenny, Edmonds, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, you know, those are the guys that are going to generate the most interest from outside teams. But CPAT, he could be a sneaky running back signing and we obviously saw the ceiling that he has when he gets those uh, gadget touches so he's just a an explosive player that needs the ball in his hands to, to make things happen so while we're speaking about Miami and the Mike McDaniel connection another running back I could see finding his way there would be Raheem Mostert who mm-hmm. you know kind of seemed to have lost favor I know that he was dealing with injuries this year but maybe Mike McDaniel tries to lure Mostert over and and, you know promises him a role because Mostert's been explosive you know Mostert's been a good running back when given the opportunities and the opportunity is there for the taking in Miami he already has a a connection with the coach yeah I think Raheem Mostert if I had to bet on a player going to a team I would bet on Mostert going to Miami it would be a perfect scheme fit for the scheme that Mike McDaniel wants to run you already mentioned there's a connection there which I think does play a part and they have a need at running back so you you really just hit like all three points with Mostert going to Miami if you're the Dolphins makes all the sense in the world and like you said he's been a good running back when healthy he's been explosive 
He's shown the ability to break off long runs at any given moment. They already have, you know, running backs in Jeff Wilson and Eli Mitchell in San Francisco. So he's obviously not going back. I, I think Miami makes the most sense for Raheem Mostert. So this is uh, was an interesting year for the former draft class of 2018, spe- uh, specifically first round running backs. We saw Rashad Penny down the stretch be one of legitimately the best running backs in the league after being essentially a bust, you know, for this point up to his career. And we saw Sony Michelle play a key role in the Rams, you know, a player who was looked at as a bust from his days in New England. Now he goes to the Rams and, you know, is, you know, part of a Super Bowl winning team. So both of these guys previously looked at as first round busts in 2018 set to hit the free agent market. Is what we saw at points this year indicative of the future for these guys? You know, have they really turned a corner? Are they going to be able to be productive running backs in this coming season? I mean, it's tough. Rashad Penny, he's an interesting player to talk about for fantasy, for real life, because I think the talent has always been there. It's just obviously been his ability to stay healthy. That's been the question mark throughout his career. And he stayed healthy towards the end of last year, and we and everybody saw what he could do when healthy. Put up monster game after monster game. So it's going to be interesting to see if he re-signs with Seattle, because I do think Chris Carson is still a factor there, which maybe people are forgetting about Chris Carson, and maybe he never plays another down again. Um, you know, there's been some speculation around that neck injury especially playing in the NFL contact sport. Uh, Maybe he doesn't play. All signs, I think, point towards Chris Carson being a factor in the Seahawks' backfield, which would obviously limit Rashad Penny. But he's definitely a good flyer if a team wants to take a shot on, you know, a talented running back that does have fresh legs. I mean, if you could get Penny at a good price, I think that he could end up being one of the better signings of the class. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean... Just from PFF, right, Penny had the best grade of any running back on their metric system from week 14 on. You know, he had the league leading yards uh, after contact. He was top six in missed tackles per rush attempt. You know, Rashad Penny was legitimately dominant down the stretch. And, you know, if he finds himself in the right situation, like imagine if he goes to Buffalo, could he not replicate what we saw Devin Singletary do down the stretch? Mm -hmm. He's definitely a more talented player on the surface. So it's hard to just assume that he's the player we saw down the stretch when we have such Mm -hmm. a large sample size of him being less than that. But if he were to be that player, he could end up being one of, if not the best value signings at this position, I think this year. Yeah, I I agree. Because he's not going to command... A lot of money right no. he like he's gonna be in the tier below Connor Fournette uh, Melvin Gordon Chase Edmonds Patterson in my opinion but he's definitely gonna find a, a new home and I agree that he could definitely be one of the better value signings for a running back needy team maybe a team like the Panthers who are shopping Christian McCaffrey so if they mm. ship off Christian McCaffrey obviously there's going to be a clear need in Carolina and I think that would be a solid fit than maybe Houston. Obviously, Houston needs a running back. David Johnson is a free agent. He's a bum. We're not going to talk about him. But one of these running backs is probably going to get a contract from Houston and have all of the touches to themselves. So maybe that's a spot for Penny. But yeah, I, I think I think he has the, the potential to be one of the better signings of this free agent class. Yep, definitely a boom bust type of shot, but I would be willing to take that. Sony Michelle, on the other hand, 
Nah. Nah. Nah, man. I mean, I, I think he was clear-cut a product of the offense he was in and the injuries around him that gave him the opportunity. I mean, any team that were to, you know, give significant money, I think, to Sony Michelle would be a, a serious mistake on their part. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to command serious money, you know, for... The rest of his career, he's going to bounce from team to team. He's going to be, you know, an RB2, RB3 on most teams. But he's going to be a guy that you can rely on. He's not going to fumble. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to blow pass protection uh, responsibilities. So I think that's why teams would sign him. But we 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 know what he is. And, I mean, as you can see, Patriots fan, notorious Patriots fan, he's not a talented running back at this point in his career we saw it with the Rams Daryl Henderson was clear-cut so much better than Sony Michelle and obviously they're gonna have him and Cam Akers both ready to go for 2022 so Sony's gone he's just he's just gonna be a one-year running back guy for the rest of his career and that, that that's really all I have to say that sounds just about right to me I mean after that the remaining running backs really take a you know a dive in terms of interest the one guy who's like vaguely interesting that I think a lot of people have probably forgotten about somebody that you know in the early days of our podcast you were a big supporter of is is Marlon Mack who you know he's been dealing with injuries in recent years but he was he was more than serviceable I think the last time that he got significant play obviously the rise of Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis sort of relegated him to being a strict backup but I mean if he finds himself in the right situation I think he could definitely have value this year I mean, I'm like imagining a situation where, you know, maybe he is a tandem with Austin Eckler, you know, with the Chargers. He would be a great complement in a situation like that. Justin Jackson is set to leave L.A. So I don't know. I mean, there's some situations where I think Marlon Mack could have value this year, and he seems to sort of be the forgotten man of this group. Yeah, it's just hard to see that value, especially him coming off of a torn Achilles and We obviously didn't get much game action from Marlon Mack this past year with Jonathan Taylor rising to the top of the running back position in 2021, but I think he could still be a serviceable player. Obviously, you know, the year before he tore his Achilles, thousand plus rushing yards, eight touchdowns. Like I think he's a capable running back and a situation like you mentioned with Austin Eckler, you know, a player like that. I think that's definitely the likeliest outcome for Marlon Mack going to a team to be the backup or to be an RB3 and as a, as a coach if, if you have to play him I don't think you're you're going to be mad about that so don't know where he's going to go but a team will probably get a solid running back out of him and obviously he's not fantasy relevant yeah and I mean that about closes up the conversation the only other guy who you know was on my radar from a fantasy perspective was JD McKissick just because of you know what he's been able to do Out of the backfield, obviously, a running back that can catch a lot of passes is going to be interesting from, you know, a PPR fantasy perspective. But the Mm -hmm. indications right now are that the commanders want to keep McKissick, you know, never fully unleash Antonio Gibson, which is a true shame for Antonio Gibson stock. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, if McKissick is there, he'll probably be like a low end RB4 type that, you know, you might get one or two valuable weeks out of in best ball, but largely be relatively you know, uh, unvaluable in fantasy. And I I would expect that to probably be the case no matter where he went. Yeah, I think McKissick is likely to stay in Washington. I think there has been reports that have said that he wants to stay in Washington. And I think Washington wants to keep him as well, which obviously sucks for Antonio Gibson's upside because we know that, you know, if McKissick is there, he's going to play on passing downs 
100 percent. so in terms of fantasy we want him gone in terms of real life i think he's likely going there but the team that i'm going to be monitoring that's 100 going to make a move at the running back position is the kansas city chiefs darrell williams free agent jarek mckinnon free agent Clyde edwards hilaire has been a disappointment so there's an opportunity for one of these running backs to go to the Chiefs and be attached to Patrick Mahomes. And I would really love to see Chase Edmonds there. I I think Chase Edmonds would be a great fit for that Chiefs offense. So I I will say that is my bold prediction of the running back free agency class is Chase Edmonds signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. I like that. And I want to lock mine in as uh, Mostert to Miami. I think that that is going to happen. Is there anybody else you want to touch on? I mean, the rest of the free agent running backs are, are pretty god-awful you know david johnson jalen richard philip Lindsay, Devonte booker i guess james white is semi-interesting yeah. if he goes to the right spot but that would be really dependent i think on landing spot yeah i i, I was gonna mention james white I, th- I think he probably just signs back to new england you know in new england they love him you know he's like the the senior of the of the running back class obviously stevenson and harris are the top guys there now but james white i think could still have a role he's a mentor to those guys and you know, he'd still be a good addition to the offense whenever he goes in. So I think he goes back to New England, but he would have been really the only guy that uh, I would have brought up. But yeah, you just have a bunch of scrubs in, you know, Devontae Booker, Philip Lindsay, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, Gio, Tevin Coleman, Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, Peyton Barber. All those guys are probably going to get jobs, but they're not worth talking about. Yeah, I think that definitely sums up our, you know, preview here of the free agency period for running back. You know, as is always the case with running backs, so much of it is going to be dependent on landing spot. I think more than any other position, it's it's less about the talent, more about the opportunity. And I mean, that's pretty easy to understand if you've been, you know, listening to this podcast for a while, if you're a serious fantasy player. So, you know, we'll readdress this next week when some of these landing spots become more clear. Make sure you guys stay tuned to the podcast feed. We do have another episode dropping where we're going to cover the wide receivers and tight ends. And I think that's going to be really interesting because there actually are some big names and some really talented players that we could see on the move Mm -hmm. at the wide receiver position. So stay tuned for that. That'll be out this week. And that's going to be it for episode 201 of the DFS Dose podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover. Joey's at Joey Carey and DFS. If you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what is going on with the podcast or just interact with us, you can do so in our free Discord channel. The link to join that is in the notes to the show. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.